Let's go, focus, breathe. Now pull the thing up. Go, 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 go. Up, you've got it, Rawdon. You've got it. Stand, stand up! Very good, mate. Another episode of Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast. My name's Tom, with me is Rawdon. Hello, mate, how are you? Uh, hi, Tom. Look, it's a little, uh, it was a little damp on the way up. Yes. Not much roostering. Not as much roostering as perhaps we would have liked. Yeah, there wasn't so much, uh, you know, vascularity. Yeah, we weren't looking particularly buff, a bit wet behind the ears. No yes. brolly, of course. Mm, mm. Uh, of course, me, I'm, I'm uh, you know, losing more muscle and putting on more fat, no. which is great. You're into your new phase, which we'll talk about shortly. Yes. My coach, Andre Benoit, who we had on the, on the podcast a few episodes ago, has sent me through a twice-a-day training protocol. So <laughs> I, I do twice-a-day training for a 10-day rotation. Yep. Then I go into once-a-day for another 10 days, and then I repeat that macro cycle of 10 days twice a day, 10 days single day again. <laughs> Should be good. <laughs> Righto, mate. So coming up on the show today... It's huge. It is big. We're going to have a chat about electrolytes. So off the back of our discussions in previous weeks with yeah. Milosarchev yeah. and the mountain dog, John Meadows, we had Shousey on. Loves an electrolyte. Even uh, Christian Tippitoes last week doesn't mind the yeah. old electrolytes. We're going to have a look at them in a bit more detail because Mm. they do have various applications. Obviously, the mountain dogs of the world like them from the hypertrophy standpoint. But uh, Shalsi, whilst he does use them intra-workout, is a big fan of electrolytes in terms of general health. General health, yes. We'll give you a little bit of insight into that, I guess. Um, I suppose with that one, Tom, the question is, will the uh, half lab coat, a beaker, or a full Bunsen lab coat on? It's certainly got got a touch of the lab coats about it. We'll definitely have a sleeve on. Yes, because yeah. I thought we were going to take it back a notch for this episode. It looks like we're hammering tongs straight oh, into I it think again. we're hammering tongs again. So what's next after the electrolytes, mate? Well, our very special guest on the episode this week, Rodan, uh-huh. is Francine Savard. Okay, yep, Francine. <laughs> awesome. The strength coach out of, I think, Montreal, yeah, Quebec, Fran- Yeah, there. French-Canadian. Polican practitioner. So uh, she does the biostick and PRCP and various other things. But and one uh, of the really strong, uh, well-respected female yeah. coaches in the world of physique preparation. Physique preparation She's got a number yeah. of IFBB pros under a belt yeah. and a wealth of knowledge and we're talking to her specifically today about how to lean out the lower body for females. That seems to be a, a problem area for a lot of females and lots of those, I mean we, we, we've spoken time and time again about the type of uh, fat cells and those those stubborn body fat uh, cells with the, the high alpha receptor makeup so much less blood to, flow less blood flow yeah a ton of reasons harder to mobilize the fat ton of reasons yeah it's just stubborn fat stubborn fat i would certainly generally all my clients that would be the the, the main issue for most of my female clients too obviously exceptions to the rule not for everyone tom but yeah majority do have the lower body uh body yeah. fat and then rawdon now if you've uh, got oh, here we got go one arm in the lab coat no, then just, I don't button know. up the top top button with this one Tom <laughs> we're going to we're going to have a look at the menstrual cycle Ooh, this is going to be heavy Tom it really is. heavy <laughs> I was one of my clients during the week asked me well, what's coming up on the show this week and I said well we're actually going to we're going to try and tackle the menstrual cycle yeah and that's a good way to put it tackle it tackle it yeah but all jokes aside I mean you know, I actually, just before we came up here, we, we spoke to one of the, our colleagues down there, the lovely Gemma. How are you, Gem? 
like we said, we're talking about the menstrual cycle and she goes, well, I know nothing about that. So it'd be great. I'll listen to the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, for our listeners, just an overview of what it's, what's actually happening, the hormones involved and, you know, it is highly complex. Anything to do with the human body, ridiculously complex and even the scientific medical world know very, very little about the body. Yes in reality yes. but we're going to give you a bit of a, a snapshot of just the basics and uh, then also some training training considerations nutrition considerations sure yep, yep. and then we'll finish off with the under the bar wheel of fortune yes we're going to pull a lucky winner out of our well off the wheel off the wheel Cam's yes. wheel Cam's, Cam's wheel it's massive I'm, yeah. I'm crushed up against the side here again Tom <laughs> so that's what's coming up on the show Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, Rawdon, uh, yes. before we get into the electrolytes. When we were talking to Mark Schaus a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned, uh, we'll call him Client Z. Yep. He had come in for an initial consult prior to that. Ah, is this the blood work? The blood about? work, yes. Yeah. He'd lost 10 kilos in the six-week period just basically through severe caloric restriction and doing cardio. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Went and did a blood test before he came into the consult yep. and the doctor had flagged his liver markings. Ooh. And I've actually got his blood work here. So his AST, uh, now the marking there is less than 41 units per litre. That's the reference range. Mm-hmm, his AST mm-hmm. was 101. So That's more than I'll double. Tr- I'll just try and whistle. <laughs> That's high. <laughs> his ALT with a reference range of less than 51 units per litre was 237. Okay. At this stage, the doctor's saying, come back in, fatty test li- again. Fatty liver disease. We're, we're, we're going to have to do a scan issue. and everything and check that out. Yep. As we discussed with Shousey, when you lose that much fat that quickly, all the toxins that get released and fat has to be metabolized, puts mm. a huge amount of stress on the liver. Yes. So four weeks later, he went back and got those tests again. We've increased his calories but he's actually still in a deficit he was just eating nothing but mm, mm. so he's over four weeks he has still lost four percent body fat but only about a kilo or so on the scale weight okay. he's got his blood test done again and the ast is down from 101 to 44 Ooh. so just slightly you know three points above the reference range and we know if he's training then that's uh, to some degree acceptable yep. acceptable and the alt is down from 237 to 73 okay so still elevated still 20 points above what yeah. the reference range would say but if he's training maybe that's pathological reference range for sure yeah so uh, it's yeah and if he's if he's training definitely you're going to see uh, if he's training hard training anyway hard, we should of, see those skyrocket back up there again yes 200 I, I would have said Tom mm, he's training hard training good hard. to see <laughs> but no like 200 when we talk about the ALT AST and some other markers ALT AST primarily in the CK levels any muscle breakdown they will be elevated so but 200 that might be ridiculous a lot of muscle or uh, yeah but it's very encouraging to see that just over a four week period you can have such a dramatic response in uh, in blood chemistry and even the doctors just just said, mate, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. That's, yeah. that's just wonderful. Well, maybe he would also go on to say maybe it was super coach status there, Tom. Oh, well. Um, right. Sting. Sting. Let's sting, sting us. Oh, no. Mate, have you got all your papers there in a disorganized, shuffling fashion? Mate. One arm in the lab coat. So yeah, well. electrolytes are ordered. And basically, an electrolyte is any substance that contains free ions mm. uh, that act as an electrically conductive medium. 
conducts electricity, correct? Yeah, so which is fascinating to think about in this its own right. This is the point you made it to me earlier, and I sort of looked at you and said, yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. But say? Well, I mean, it's a bit like uh, you were talking about that study a few weeks back on the show about water intake and fat loss, and yes. I think I made a somewhat of a quip yes. about hydration levels and... Yeah, yeah water being a conductor of energy and yes. a human vibration and everything but we yeah. are i guess in essence vibratory beings rawdon vibratory beings beings or beings <laughs> yes we are and you know maybe from a metaphysical standpoint there's more to electrolytes <laughs> than just sodium and potassium balance oh well, hey, you are that's it's another that's another topic but it is fascinating yeah, yeah. We, we learn in the process that's right all right, so electrolytes. Well, so what do they do in the body? They conduct electricity. Uh, Control fluid balance. Fluid balance, yeah. They were, uh, cellular fluid balance. Yeah, and hormones will also work in conjunction, so they control adrenal glands, kidneys. You know, so these various organs would, would regulate, yeah, like you said, uh, fluid balance and electrolyte levels in the body. But essentially, I guess every organ, uh, some degree, would require uh, electrolytes. A healthy electrolyte balance. Yes. And so we're looking at, obviously... Sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. They're yep. probably the main four that tend to focus on. Then you've obviously got bicarbonate and chloride, hydrogen, phosphate, and hydrogen carbonate and stuff like that. Now, from a training perspective, Gordon, for a training individual, obviously, yep. you deplete a lot of electrolytes through yeah. sweat. Especially when you sweat, yeah. So there, at some point, depending on what your nutrition is like, there's yes. a, a requirement to keep a healthy intake of electrolytes and it's kind of like the pathological versus functional reference range what yeah. is a, a level of electrolyte balance that keeps you alive and yep. what is a, a level of electrolyte balance which is optimal and yes. um, certainly for general health for all the reasons that we've just listed Shousey is really big on electrolytes and he does like to use them while he's training yeah but then from a hypertrophy perspective which obviously John Meadows and Mila Sarchev like to talk about the yeah. electrolytes as part of that workout nutrition setup, basically they aid in cell volumization. So particularly yeah. if you're doing high volume work, the electrolytes will enhance the uptake of amino acids and all those yeah. other nutrients you're trying to drive into the muscle cell. The fluid in the cell, so the sarcoplasm, the cell swelling would That's be... That's right. And on. apart from the swelling benefit, you obviously then also get, you know, like a, a full muscle is an anabolic muscle. And yes. You listen to those guys, the Mountain Dog will say there may not be that much science around about that yeah. kind of stuff, but he knows what he knows from working with all his competitors in and being in the trenches. And, and exactly. you know, uh, electrolytes that make up a big part of his workout nutrition. Yeah, yeah, he's a big fan. Of, he's actually got a, I uh, pointed out to you uh, this morning, I think, his um, uh, intra workout powder, chock full of electrolytes and, you know, highly branched cyclic dextrin, which he spoke about on the show, and obviously amino acids. Yeah, so I guess from a general health perspective, electrolytes are on your CMP or, or serum chemistry. We have spoken about basic blood markers uh, on the show. Yep. So you can actually check in your CMP and you'll have your sodium and uh, potassium and chloride and all these electrolyte levels. So you can check there to make sure they're in the pathological reference range. But yeah, a general rule of thumb would be anyone that's training hard or, or sweating some degree out in the heat, sweating, um, that would be a, a, on a very basic level your cue to, you know, you, you're losing electrolytes if you're sweating. So yes. uh, definitely a, a reason to supplement some uh, form of electrolytes around those periods just to you know, ensure things are working optimally. Yeah, because every, like we mentioned, every biochemical reaction in the body, um, and if muscle protein synthesis uh, is what you're after, then I dare say the electrolytes would definitely be needed for that process. Yes. A lot of the um, 
you know, BCAA powders and, and, and different things are going to have. You mentioned the, uh, some of the electrolytes are already in there anyway, so they put them in. They see the value in uh, the communication, cellular communication with the electrolytes. So that's part of a lot of these uh, recovery or an, an interim pre-workout nutrition. Yep. Nutrient timing, I guess, around training. Electrolytes would be a big part of that. And I, I certainly uh, use electrolytes. You use electrolytes when you train. Yes. Certainly after listening to the, the Mountain Dog, I, I ensured uh, I, I definitely get my electrolytes in now. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, Rod, and I mean, like you mentioned, for general health, there are, these are things that you can just take, but yeah. for a training individual, the, the real benefit about taking them while you're training, and it's something that Christian Thibodeau mentioned last week, is that when you're training, that is the only time where you have total control over where these nutrients are actually going, you know, exactly. like once muscles are contracting and, yes. and there's fluid flowing in there, that's when you can load the bloodstream with all these nutrients yeah. and electrolytes and things you want to, want to get in there and really cash in on that. And you mentioned muscle contracting. Contracting, well, electrolytes are needed for that. So yeah. if you're in the business of contracting muscle, <laughs> at my muscle connection, then definitely make sure you get electrolytes in. And it's and it's interesting. Like uh, one of the tips that uh, you know, give it. We, we give everything away here. There's no secrets on under the no. bar. But one of my pre-stage uh, tricks with my competitors oh, is yes. a, a little. Make sure no one's listening, Tom. But a little, uh, <laughs> a little uh, sodium under sublingually, so on, under the tongue, so boom, straight into the bloodstream. Backstage, get them to start uh, increase blood flow to the muscle initially, so they start pumping up. Then they have their. I mean, I won't give them all the tricks. I won't tell you what's in the the concoction backstage. But sodium, a rock salt, pink Himalayan, something like that, with a with a really nice electrolyte electrolyte profile. profile. Yep. Sublingually, boom, and the the, the pump uh, that they get. Uh, pre-stage a second to none, but a little tip well, from the who, trenches who's there. Who's wearing the super coach jacket now? <laughs> but uh, but it, it needn't be as complex as buying a you know some sort of formula with with, with uh, you can still just get your straight BCAs. But like I mentioned, uh, rock salt, chock yeah. full of electrolytes. Go, you know, uh, grind some of that into your intra or pre or, or post yeah, workout um, yep. supplementation. So or pretty simple stuff. Or a quarter teaspoon with a shot of lime first thing in the morning. Yes, nurture those adrenals. Beautiful. Uh, Mate, there's no time for drinking coffee now. Okay. Right. Hold on. How are we going to uh, approach this topic, Rawdon? I mean, you've got all your notes there. You've got diagrams. We're going to... All sorts of things going on over there, but it's... um, Okay, okay. Look at Cam giggling in the background. (laughs) That ain't get all funny. Just we're going to talk about the menstrual cycle. (laughs) All right, okay. so all jokes Let's aside. Get into it. Well, why don't we talk about what we're going to talk about? So we'll talk about the different <laughs> That's a good phases. way of getting around the topic. Yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll introduce the fate, give an overview of what's actually happening. And for our girls that don't know, you might want to know. Yeah. Uh, and for the guys, uh, and for anyone that's training, it's pretty relevant. Yeah, and know? we can link it back to training towards the end. So yeah. menstruation, Rod, and I mean, like the, the shedding of the uterine lining, <laughs> it's that lovely little uh, cozy bed of endometrium, which would have been perfect to nurture a growing baby. It would. Uh, the, the egg wasn't fertilized, so they got to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Boom, out she goes. Boom. Pump up the progesterone. Let's yes. get rid of it. So different hormones involved, I guess. The, the main players are the estrogen. Yes. Yes, good. Uh, progesterone. Yes. Yes. Uh, the luteinizing hormone. Mm-hmm. Follicle-stimulating hormone. And the gonotropin-releasing hormone, or GnRH. So I guess it all starts up at the hypothalamus in the brain mm-hmm. uh, to the pituitary gland at uh, the base of the brain. And then the signal is sent, and then the the pituitary will release uh, 
GnRH is sent, then FSH and LH will be secreted by the adrenal gland, and that's what's going to go down and, and make everything happen down in the ovaries. Okay, so the hypothalamus sends a hormone to the pituitary gland, which generates two other hormones, which yep. then go to the ovaries, which then stimulate the follicle. Yeah, the whole process of the menstrual cycle. Of ovulation. Yeah, so initially, I guess, you would look at the two phases of the cycle. The first being the follicular. That's where follicle-stimulating hormone is going to come into play. Second being the luteal phase. So 28-day cycle, roughly. I mean, it varies, but but 28 days. Day 14, that's when you ovulate in the middle. Mm -hmm. And uh, initially, I guess, the FSH and LH are secreted and the GnRH, so that gonadotropin, gonadotropin releasing hormone, is elevating. And as initially estrogen's sort of at the lower end of the range, and, and as it progresses, so the first part of the cycle, uh, you've you've had the the menstrual flow. So that goes for you know anywhere for up to five days or, or longer if if there's issues or irregularities. Yep. But while that's happening, the estrogen levels are slowly building up. Progesterone levels are just uh, quite low at that stage. They're not the key player, but estrogen is in the first 14 days. Okay, so you've had the menstruation, yep. shedding of the lining, then you're into the follicular phase, so days 0 through to 14. Yep. And um, the endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus, then starts to regenerate. Yeah. And estrogen would be the dominant hormone during that phase. Yeah, so the FSH is stimulating the follicle, and as the follicle grows, it lets out estrogen. So that's yes. how estrogen, as the follicle grows, estrogen gets higher and higher and higher. And then it's sort of ready for ovulational or yes. uh, ready to be fertilized. Uh, and that's when you have the, we, we mentioned the luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone, they're sort of floating around. And then at day 14, there's a there's a huge spike in uh, luteinizing hormone. Yep. And that's what causes the, the egg to be, uh, it's the most mature follicle will be released. Released, right. And that's when, you know, if you're trying to have babies, that's when you try to have babies. Boom. And then the, the sperm would fertilize the egg. But we won't talk about what happens when it's, you get pregnant. That's, no, yeah, okay, so, so we've had menstruation. Day zero to 14, we've had the follicular phase. Yep, follicle being stimulated in the follicular phase, yep. Then around day 14, we have this spike in luteinizing hormone, which is once again produced by the pituitary gland, yep. and that triggers ovulation. Yes. Of the, of the ripest of the ripe. Pick of the bunch. Pick of the bunch. Pick of the bunch. And now she goes, boom, <laughs> looking for a little bang, a little wriggler. A Come little and get sperm. me. Yes. And then, then, yep, into the luteal phase. Yeah, so let's assume it's just normal. So nothing gets fertilized. And then the the corpus luteum will begin to sort of shrivel, and as this happens, progesterone will will increase. So that now you've gone past day 14. If you fertilize, that's great. If not, well, we're going to get you know get rid of it. Yep. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So um, progesterone levels will increase. Uh, estrogen still still up there, but estrogen is not the dominant hormone. Progesterone is, and that causes the uteral lining to sort of grow, and then. Right before the, the female menstruates, that's when uh, both progesterone and estrogen drop uh, abruptly, right back down, and that causes it, the menstrual cycle to, to start, to, to flow. To start again. Yeah, men, yeah, menzies. So that's it in a nutshell. Okay, so, menstruation. Yep. Shedding of the lining. Get rid of it. Get between rid of it. First few days in the follicular phase between day one and 14. Okay, follicular phase, zero through to 14, the endometrium is regenerating. Yep. Then we go to ovulation, triggered by the luteinizing hormone. Yep. Then we go into the luteal phase. There's been no fertilization, so that corpus luteum, or that original follicle, which is 
pumping out all of these hormones starts to wither and die yep. and then that progesterone and estrogen levels Obviously start to drop, drop and then the cycle begins again yeah and we'll point out that the when the follicle's been stimulated to start that's what what's what's increasing the estrogen yes yeah yes cool all right so we know estrogen high at the start progesterone high at the end and then they both fall and that's what releases the uterine lining and, and it all starts again okay okay so why don't we talk about well, what does that all mean what does that mean fascinating exactly. i mean you spoke about how complex the human body is yeah and then we can say all right the human body is very complex and here is a man Yep. Yes, he's very complex, but here is a woman. Yep. Many, many times more complex. The hormonal system of a woman, we've just mentioned a couple of big ones there, progesterone yep. and estrogen. So if we put that into a context which might be useful for the training individual, yes. let's have a, a bit of a think about a bit some of, of the... stab, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, let's just have a crack at it. <laughs> some of the considerations which might be yeah. taken into account. And because there are those coaches in the industry abroad that really... Actually, make a big deal about the about the menstrual cycle, and they yeah. really base their programming, nutritional programming, and everything around what's happening with the woman's cycle. I mean, are yeah. you, mate. To be honest, um, a couple of things to, to take into consideration. No, I don't. Yep, I don't methodically change things according to where they are the menstrual cycle. I think any good coach will be aware when the performance is subpar, and then ch- adjust the program accordingly. So I think, you know, your intuition and uh, working with clients all the time and the females, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you can sort of get a feel for ones that are affected significantly by the menstrual cycle. But I guess for assessing, uh, because we do assess, you know, for me, it's every couple of weeks down there with the calipers and, and, you know, I'll ask where they are in their cycle and uh, and that will certainly influence things because a lot of water weight uh, could go on at, at, at that time of the month, mm. uh, depending where they are, usually uh, before they actually menstruate. So those those final sort of seven days is when you'll see a fluid increase. And the other thing you want to consider as well is this is great knowing, and we're going to give you like estrogen first, uh, you know, uh, follicular phase, more insulin sensitive, more carbohydrates, uh, luteal phase, more insulin resistant with the presence of progesterone. So, you know, you could, uh, you should really restrict carbohydrate intake towards the latter half of the cycle. Fantastic to know all these tips and we'll give the listener those. But at the end of the day, if, if your nutrition is poorer, then, you know, there are other more significant hormones, insulin, cortisol, yes. you know, that you want to look at that are going to have a, a far more profound impact on body composition and performance than than these ever would like yep. you know you if someone if the basics aren't done and, and they're not already eating well and insulin's been controlled and cortisol's been managed then this information is is irrelevant yes. you know it's just it's interesting to know what's happening in the cycle but you know fix all the basics first and then if you want to fine-tune things you can certainly adopt mm. some of these practices and I think the thing about it as well is, Rodan, that every woman is different. So, yeah. And they've done studies on this, mate. And, like, yeah. you know, some women are stronger during the luteal phase or, or weaker during the luteal yeah. phase. Some are stronger or weaker yep. in the follicular phase. Yep. Some are stronger while they're actually in the middle of their period. Some mm. aren't. Like, mm. everything changes. In fact, I've got a client and she's approaching 50 now and she's competed a, a couple of times. Yep. We'll call her competitor Q. Q, uh, yeah. Why, why not? not? She actually started taking uh, quite a powerful anti-aging supplement. Yep. And she was taking this supplement for quite a long period of time. Mm. Nails really strong. Joints are feeling fantastic. Her skin feels silky and she's all rejuvenated. She's got more hair than she had before. Yeah. So all these things are fantastic. But what's also happened is her periods have become heavier than she's ever had in her life. Mm. Then we started discussing strength when you're stronger, when you're weaker, all that kind of stuff around the period. 
And I've actually found there's been no real correlation to her performance. Cause yeah. there, and there was one day where she actually hit a couple of PBs and she said, I've got my puny, I'm supposed to be weak at the moment. Yeah. And it's kind of like what Christian Thibodeau was saying the other week about competitors just assuming that they're going to get weak during a comp prep. Exactly. If, if you've got that mindset in the first place, then it probably is going to happen. Where yeah. if you're just eating well, training hard, doing all the right things, yeah. and this concept of women trying to avoid heavy physical exertion mm. while they're just going through a normal biological function of the female body, you know, like yeah. some days you're strong, some days you're aren't. Exactly. And, and another take on that, I was, I was listening to someone uh, a strength coach talking about um, going into ketosis, and uh, the, the, the individual was, uh, and I've, you know, done this myself. But the guy who was interviewing, he said, "Oh, do you tell your clients, you know, that they're going to have headaches? You know, this transition period, they're going to feel like crap." And he goes, "Well, well no, I don't, because uh, you know, if, when I have told them stuff like that, they, funnily enough, get all those symptoms, yes. and they're like, oh no, the headaches are so bad, I can't do it.' So he just doesn't tell them, and yeah. he says, "Look, there'll be a transition period, and you're good to go." So I agree completely. And and you know, if you look at the literature and uh, look at the research, like you said, you know, the world best performances, so from an athletic population, have have been recorded at all stages of the menstrual cycle. Yes. So really, there is no direct correlation, you know, with the menstrual cycle. However rules of thumb and you can we can certainly talk about those to wrap things up on the menstrual cycle estrogen with estrogen being dominant that's like testosterone is for men we should assume that their strength would be better or their performance can handle a bit more because they're insulin sensitive in the presence of estrogen more volume type training i guess at the follicular phase or the first start of the, the menstrual cycle and then more high intensity work uh, in the luteal phase when they don't uh, somewhat uh, more insulin resistant in the presence of progesterone carbohydrates would be less more of a focusing on fats and, and proteins rather than protein and carbs in the first half of the phase but a um, couple of you know, rules of thumb there I guess but like you said interesting to know insulin sensitive in the first half insulin resistant performance uh, volume more in the first half more intense in the second half uh, ovulation you're sort of in the middle there day 14 you know so in theory that should be the best of both worlds hit yeah. your PBs then but like you said um, it varies <laughs> from female to female so it's, yeah. it's not a golden rule by any means I think the key point that you made in terms of what it will affect is assessment consideration. So that, that yeah. that's one thing. So obviously, if estrogen is elevated, possibly more water retention, yep. could be weight fluctuations, could be yes. heavier on the scales. Yep. So I think when taking body fat for a female client, it's really nice to try and see if you can hit it at the same day of the cycle every time yeah. you, you take your readings Really, in a yeah. perfect world. Yeah, really, they only have one accurate reading a month. When you think yeah, about it, you yeah. know, in the same time, same time of the day, same time of the cycle. Uh, I guess nutritionally, you know, like I mentioned there, looking more at carbohydrates in the first half, uh, when they are actually do have the, the most cravings when the progesterone and estrogen drop and they get those premenstrual cravings. Yes. And Tom, that's the receptors in the brain for dopamine, uh, serotonin, GABA, uh, respond to the estrogen and progesterone. So those feel-good hormones diminished to some degree so that's why they do get moody and they you know obviously no serotonin they're not happy well you know some of them (laughs) you know they're impossible to live with and uh yeah you got to sleep in another bedroom and all that sort of stuff but but no they do they do legitimately have uh concerns there and it's the 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 brain and the receptors in the brain with the decline of estrogen progesterone so for cravings you know you can try uh amino bcaa's so BCA is in cocoa, raw cocoa powder. To quell the, uh, quell the cravings. Yeah, yeah you can have... Uh, glutamine and double cream. 
clearly going to double cream if you want to, but you're getting the, obviously calories there. But the the cocoa and BCA is easy, multiple times a day, and and uh, I'm not that I've done it, of course. I don't have the well, actually, yeah, maybe I do have a menstrual cycle, so I'm always craving yes. chocolate and sugar and being yeah. a moody. You're always moody. moody. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you know it's time. That's time of the month for me, but. But um, yeah, all jokes aside, BCAAs, cocoa, five grams of BCAAs, uh, you know, a teaspoon of cocoa in water, and that should help with the cravings, especially for any of the competitors. I will mention competitors. Amenorrhea, okay, is the, the absence of, or, or irregular periods. That often occurs with the with the athletic population. Not that I'm working with athletes. Well, athletes, uh, are com- different stage kind of athletes. athletes. Yeah, yeah, I suppose they're athletes still. Yeah. Definitely, but not uh, like track and field and stuff like yeah. that. But they'll have, uh, interestingly, uh, a term called the, the female athlete triad, which is uh, the irregular periods, amenorrhea, osteoporosis, and eating disorders. So with a lack of uh, estrogen and, and, and progesterone, there's issues with, with an irregular period. There's issues with those hormones, because we yep. know those hormones are, are what are elevated at various times. And um, osteoporosis is a, is a big concern. The progesterone actually re, uh, helps the process of renewing uh, bone tissue. So mm. that's something to think about there. Uh, and, and that's the, uh, your clients, like you mentioned, go to menopause. Uh, uh, the girls, when they do reach menopause, that's, uh, you know, you've got to weigh up the, the benefit of, of progesterone supplementation, estrogen supplementation, and, and hormone replacement therapy. But... Mm. Um, you know, I guess uh, when the if that does happen with a competitor, or, or, or you do have a client that you are working with, and their menstrual cycle stops, and they they do have the irregular periods, well, you know, what do you do? Do you stop training completely? Well, no, you don't. You just let's look at overtraining. You know, you obviously been putting too much stress on the body, so reduce the training volume. Yep. Usually they're uh, under eating, so there's calorie restriction to yes. make weight or you know get ready for a show. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> how many calories the yeah, Maya's on there'll be a few people like rolling their eyes but but you know I won't go into that right now but all my competitors are on lower calories coming into a show but yep. increase the uh, caloric intake up to adequate or, or BMR or and then and then beyond and um, increase their body weight but but certainly yeah. keep training just just uh, tackle exactly. those uh, the symptoms of overtraining because I mean essentially Rodan once your body fat gets down to a certain stage for a female the you know like if we said many occasions yeah. the human body is very intelligent yeah and knows well there's actually not enough body fat or enough calories around here for me yeah. to support another life yeah, so to produce estrogen and progesterone i mean no they're, need they're to have almost a period. fat so. yeah. um but at the end of the day like you asked me do i let it influence significantly what i do down there pretty much only with assessing time assessing, yeah. yeah i don't really program around it or i haven't had a need to i should say yeah. but i'm not working with the athletic population Hey, welcome it's back. It's that time. It's that time. <laughs> the under the bar wheel of fortune. It's when monstrous, this thing. Another lucky subscriber gets the chance yep. to take home a Clean Health Under the Bar podcast pack. Talk me through it, Tom. What do they well, get? Well, you get the deluxe shaker with a little screw-on bit down the bottom wow. where you can chuck I, in all your powders and your pills. I'm going to I'm gonna email in just for that. Is there more? Oh, there's even more, mate. You get a stainless steel water bottle, which obviously you won't get any Xeno estrogens. Okay, so I could leave water in the car heating up in that. No problem. On the problem. back seat, no dramas there or whatever. Okay. What else? You get yourself a little drawstring gym bag. Ah, maybe put my lifting shoes in there. Take oh. them to the gym. Very nice. Yes. Anything the, else? The old, uh, the white... Uh, the Ravens with a bit of coffee spilt on them. Yeah, 
Perfect, perfect. You'll also get a cooler bag for all your meals, which you've diligently prepared the night before. Of course you have, if you're one of my clients. The total value of that is around about 200 bucks. Thousands so of dollars, not yes. Not to be sneezed at. Very good. So what we do, everyone who's on the subscriber list, cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast, enter your name and email, get into the subscriber list, get all the stuff that we send out. We're just randomly going to spin the wheel, Cam's wheel, and uh, whatever number it lands on, that number subscriber gets to take home the pack. Right, I can, mate. Take a run up and really spin it as hard as you can. Come on. Yeah, mate. Come on. Whoa. Oh, that was a big one. Well done, Cam. That flat white gave you a bit of energy, didn't oh, it, Oh, yes. There's a couple of teaspoons of sugar in there. Oh, wait, wait, hang on, mate. Wait. This is getting higher. 165... 167. Okay. Subscriber Let's number 167. Let me find this. Very good. Very and good. We have uh, Ben Irwin. Ben Irwin. Ben Irwin. Subscriber okay. number 167, Ben Mate, thanks for being on the list. You'll get an email from some sort of administrative person giving you some yes. sort of information uh, maybe about our the pack PA. you're going to win. Maybe our PA oh, will email. Yes, or our something. mythical PA. Yes. Yes. One day, Tom. That has been the end of the bar wheel of fortune. Yes. Woo. Yes, Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast with Rawdon and mm. Tom, www.cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast or send yep. us an email to podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Now, Rawdon, what I'm just going to do, mate, is just take you through our guests that we've had on this program thus yes. far. Just a bit of a rundown of the guests that we've had on. So you, we've had... Uh, uh, you bragging now, Tom? No, the, mate. The big I'm, celebrities we've had on? There's an angle I'm, I'm working okay. out here. So okay. we've had Christian Tippy Toes. Oh, yeah, Tippy Toes. Great interview. Great interview. We had Solid. Uh, the Mountain Dog Meadows. He came on. Beast of a man. Yeah, we spoke to my current coach, Andre Benoit. Touch of the Benoits. I'm going to ride across Canada. Yep, crazy man. Well, we uh, we spoke to your current coach, Milos Sarchev. Just crazy full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brazier from TB Conditioning. He's a good-looking man. Oh, yes. Aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing. WBFF pro, yep. Uh, not so good-looking, but a very staunch Paul Carter from Paul Lift Car- Run Bang. Well, Paul Carter might argue uh, on that one. But, yeah, Otherwise, he's not a bad-looking yeah, dude. Yeah, no, slip dude. an arm into the, uh, the white lab coat because we had Phil Learney. Yes, very technical. Then we had the strongest Strong. uh, powerlifter of all time, Ed Cohen. Yes. And then put the other arm into the lab coat, we had Dr. Johnny Bowden. Yeah, and keep it in there. So we want to put the, uh, put the, the stethoscope on, on. <laughs> yeah, around the neck and you go on Shouse next. We had uh, we, yeah, we had Mark Shouse, we had Shousey. Yes. Yep. We've had uh, the strength coach of the Sydney Roosters, Keegan Smith. We've yep. had the founder of Australian strength coach, Sebastian Oreb. We've had Charles Poliquin. Yeah. And then right back in the very first episode, episode number one, we spoke to Rachel Guy from Athletic Fox. Wait a now, have you picked up a pattern here? That's the only uh, any female we've had on top. I mean, it's, a, it's a very androgenic guest list that we're going through. Sausage sizzle, mate. We need to fix that. <laughs> and through no, uh, I guess, no deliberate intention on, on our behalf, we've just sort of rolled on show after show with yeah. all these guests. And then one of my female clients who's involved in um, wellness coaching with women sort of said, it's about time you guys get some more females yeah. on the program. And mm-hmm. uh, immediately mm-hmm. I went into your office and said, mate, we need some women. Who, yep. can we, uh, who can we get on? And then I... Straight off the top of the head, you said, well, first of all, I'd probably go to Francine Savard. Yes. I spoke to Stefan Einev, the education manager at Clean Health. Yeah. Uh, speaks very highly of Francine. He yeah, suggested he's... her straight up. He 
he's he's done a bit of work with Francine, prepped him for a show or two. Yep. yep. And then uh, you sent through an, an email through to Uncle Charles, uh, yep. and straight away Francine survived. So the the choice was uh, yes. unanimous. It was made for us, really. Yes. Destiny. To that get she it, ended up on to the show. To get her on. So those of you who don't know of Francine, she had a, a wonderful career as an athlete. She was a national champion in sports aerobics. She's moved into the the coaching arena now, and she's a qualified sports therapist and uh, naturotherapist. She's very good with uh, soft tissue work and all yes. that kind of stuff. Um, but Rawdon, from our angle, she's uh, an expert at figure and physique preparation, yeah. and uh, she's prepped numerous female IFBB pros. Yeah. And we're going to chuck a few curly ones at her today because we are talking about oh. female fat loss, but specifically how to strip fat from the lower body. Ooh, that stubborn uh, lower body there, Tom. Yes. Always the last to come in. The last to come in. So, yeah. Francine, thank you very much for your time today and welcome to Under the Bar. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Excellent. Francine, can you just give us a brief rundown of your career as an athlete and how you got into coaching and, and how you established such a strong presence in what is a very much a male-dominated environment? Well, basically, I was an army girl, so that got me started very early on. I was in the military system for 15 years, and I think that's probably one aspect that got me so at ease in the male-dominated world yes. mm. because I was the first female trainer at Pro Gym Serge Moreau in Montreal, which is the biggest gym in North America. It has 100,000 square feet. Holy moly. And wow. there was no female there for a long, long, long time. I was the first one and uh, two tried before me and they quit after <laughs> a couple of months because it was very, um, it was hard back in those days. I've been yeah. here for 20 years, so it's... Uh, it's, it's, I always said that the army time prepared me for what I'm doing today. Yeah. I don't think I've, you know, you, you hear all kinds of things. Like I was also a cheerleader for the National League huh. for 10 years while I was in the army as well. So it was kind of a contradiction in itself. Mm. And they couldn't size me up. So, huh. anyways, I was ready to hear all kinds of things when I started, which I did, but that didn't really impact me because I was, yeah. I was used to it. And when I met, uh, Charles, which is one of my mentors, obviously in the industry. Well, we all know Charles, and he could be very blunt. Yes, uh, spade a spade. And we, if you go back twenty years, today is nothing compared to where it was twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, heard, we've heard. been told. Yes, no, no filter <laughs> twenty years ago. Also, it was no shock to me, and I was only the, the only female in his classes forever. Yeah. It took almost ten years for women to stay in the class with mm. Charles. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy, but that was it. It was like that. So uh, I think that's how I I became very at ease in the environment, and because I was so used in being in a male surrounded world, you know. Fascinating. So just while before you move on and uh, we, we talk further, army influence any of your training of uh, clients at the moment? Do you think? Don't tell me you do boot camp out in the park or anything like that. We might have to uh, cut the interview short. But uh. no, actually, I have nothing against it. But uh, no, I don't do that at the present moment. Yeah. It's something that I, I'm working on, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna, not going to be in Canada. Well, well and yes, the snow. Yes. I can't Could say right. anything yet. But it's not going to be oh. in Canada. Okay, right. interesting. We've heard it first on we under the bar. There, a little Tom. exclusive. Yeah, you heard it first. We might have to get uh, Francine down under as well, mate. Yeah. Maybe we've got a long list. We're, we're trying to lure Christian uh, Tobito down and and yourself now. So we're going to have a, a bit of a, a celebrity tour down under of all these strength coaches. Yeah. You could you could bring us both down at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Francine, obviously you're very experienced with working with female athletes and yep. getting them in tip-top shape. So one of the, the struggle spots that Rod and I come yes. across as, as coaches and all the almost every female who listens, holy to, grail, Tom. listens to this will have the same problem, but lower fat um, for women trying to lean out the legs is always a bit of a tough thing. So before we talk about your methods of actually achieving that, can you sort of give your perspective of what you've experienced with the, the characteristics of female lower body fat and why are women generally more predisposed to store that stubborn fat around the legs mm. and hamstrings? Mm. Well, I think for one, I mean, women have a tendency to be more emotional, more stressed. Mm. And uh, I think that is a big part of it right there because it does, stress will congest your liver, right? And mm-hmm. that doesn't help the detoxification. So yep. if the liver is, is congested, you're going to have a harder time to get rid of those bad types of estrogens. Okay. They're going to be drained more often in uh, the adrenal aspect. Yep. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Plus the fact that it took a long time for women to pop in the gym, right? In the, mm-hmm. in the weight room. I mean, I remember when I started, I was the practically the only female. They were mostly uh, doing aerobic exercise in the you know in the aerobic room and uh, it, that Mills. was it so yeah. it's i saw the transformation of the population of the the female increasing through the years gradually and female understood that they needed to bring up their you know their uh, muscle mass and they they understood more and more what it took to get rid of bad te- uh, you know the fat to be lost around the legs and so forth okay. that's one aspect i mean i think um that there's also, you know, if we talk about the uh, the receptors later on, you know, the beta and the yep. alpha amount yep. that uh, a women have, yep. um, while they're more predisposed to it, for sure, uh, they have more alpha receptors in their lower body compared to men, more to their midsection. So yep. that's definitely a factor because we are genetically made like that. Yes. So it's uh, definitely one of the reasons why you see more women uh, with that uh, body profile but what is worrying as well is like we're not going to talk about men an awful lot but that is becoming an issue for men as well oh yes, yes. The, the set of that's pair the, of women's uh, hips on a man it's not the most alluring that's for sure no with the with the man boobs upstairs as yep. well yep and, and, yeah that, we, we could talk for that you know about that for a long time as well because mm. there's so much uh, pharmaceutical companies that are dropping uh pharmaceuticals product in the water mm. so and we're drinking out of plastics we're you know there's all kinds of issues yeah. uh, that we're getting toxicity and yes it will affect our uh, hormonal response you yeah. know yeah mm. i mean that's what uh, we spoke to mark schaus and uh, you'd be familiar with mark and and he uh xeno hormones he likes to call them but all the basically the crap in the the toxicity in the environment really being a, a significant issue these days and i guess that's the angle that you're using there uh you feel that it's a, a major player in uh, body fat I, distribution yeah too, definitely yeah? and there's also you know i've had a client at one point that uh was someone that was using substances like uh pot and uh, all kinds of drugs oh, yeah, and yeah. that will definitely create congestion in your liver and it will affect your leg appearance and that's one thing another thing is if the a woman has a really bad posture that will affect their hormonal cascade as well uh so and, and you can see that with older women when they they lose their posture their hormonal system is also a reflect 
um, right. of, of what's happening. There, you see the you know the bump in the the neck yes. that spends time. That's a loss of estrogen. And one thing that I like with one of my mentors as well, it, he addresses that is Dr. Bernard Bricot, who is a uh, used to be an orthopedic surgeon and gave up surgery to concentrate on posturology. And yeah. it's the new medicine. It's a uh, it's a way to optimize the hormonal cascade and the, also the posture. But through that to improve the hormonal cascade and, and all your viscera's functions. So I'm a strong believer in it. I mean, it's not only a question of, of health, it's a question of performance. Yeah. And it's uh, it does impact everything that we do. So you don't need to be an athlete. And uh, if you, 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 you are faced with health issues, whether it's we're talking about fat or we're talking about uh, getting stronger or not feeling pain, yeah. living pain-free. I think that's a great, great course to optimize any mm. being that comes and consult. Fascinating. So, um, yes. Yeah, that, I think that is huge. Because, yeah. uh, Astrology, you heard it here yeah. on Under the Bartone. Yeah. Yeah. And I could go on just by <laughs> the alignment of your pelvis. If it's if it's not in line properly and you're in introversion, creating a hyperlordosis, there's no way in hell sorry for my language, <laughs> you're not going to have a woman with a, a maximum recruitment of her buttocks, yeah. of her legs. Mm. She's going to have the abs because it's too much interior tilted. Right. So I've actually, I'm, I'm talking like this because there's one of my females athletes, she was waking up in the middle of the night all the time. So that's another issue, right? The sleep, sleep if yeah. the sleep is not right, you're not going to uh, you know, have that full GH uh, production and you're not yep. going to recover and so forth. And um, she, I, I did posturology with her. Now she sleeps through the night and she can recruit the muscle fibers that she okay. needs properly, right? The alignment is maximal. So there's so much to say about, I know we're not here to talk about posturology, yeah. but it has to do a lot with the fat loss. Because so, it optimizes the tonicity, the myogenic tonicity right away. Yeah, right. Okay, because I haven't actually heard of this before, I'll, I'll be honest. So if you could explain the posture and the link with the hormonal profile, is it the fact that your posture's out of line, so you're in pain and you don't sleep well and you're under stress that mucks it around with the hormones? hormones yeah. Or is there some direct link from the way the body is aligned to the hormonal profile? Oh, ex no, it's totally that. If you're better in line with through your feet, all through the fascia lines because you hold on on your two feet because through your fascia lines yeah. and if it is well in line the current going to the cerebellum is going to be much more efficient if your head and your your jaw are more aligned then you have more oxygenation to the brain right. and that impacts everything else in your body right if you're going to sleep better right away yep. you know I have people with apnea not being able to recover and gaining fat in the process because they can't recover properly they don't sleep they wake up through the night so if your head is better aligned from the feet all the way up through your eyes through your jaw and through your internal ear everything is positioned better and your jaw is to the maximal development that it should be meaning that assuming and hopefully that the person has been breastfed um, that will engage a maximal development of the palate and the, the, all the cranial bones and the brain as well. Because you are oxygenating the brain properly. Fascinating. Fascinating. So it's, it's, it is 
it's just a huge discovery. I've been uh, certified for three years now, and there is resistance, that's for sure. It's new, but it's complementary to other sciences. It's yeah. not going to push out osteopathy. It's not going to take the place of any other therapy. Mm. But I really strongly believe that if we optimize a person right from the start, you're going to have an easier time with everything else, mm. right? For yeah. neurological behaviors to pain to detoxification because yeah. as soon as you're better in line and your your brain is oxygenated properly everything is functioning better and that yeah. means augmentation of the tonicity of the visceras because yeah. it's, awesome. it's uh, you have to think about how to optimize the um, neuroscientific approach of training and optimizing someone's health that's really yeah. what I think if you optimize that you'll, you'll be healthier and you'll be you know, healthier means losing excess body fat and also, uh, you know, living pain-free. Okay. Exactly. I mean, I guess it's sort of like you're talking about getting off on the right foot, literally, so to speak, with the posturology. Yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, we sort of, I guess, from a training perspective, we understand that, structural balance. We do the, you know, the, the structural balance assessment at the start. We certainly do that at Clean Health, find out what's uh, what's out of whack and, and then, you know, influence the first uh, phase of with uh, correcting those issues and, you know, rectifying them as much as we can. So it would be similar with the posturology, getting everything uh, alignment right from the start and you're going to be on a much better footing to uh, push the individual to where you actually need them to. Exactly. And imagine if you actually do the posturology and then, because it changes your strength right away. It Mm. augments it by 5% right away. So your bench is going to go up 5% in five minutes. And Ah. that's great because it eliminates you proper. Well, you have issues. You know, there are all kinds of things that we can talk about scars and uh, actually scars could actually create cortisol to a cellular level and that will retain body fat right so that's pretty amazing when you say that we also address scars in the body so how Mm. many women have cesareans and how many women had uh, liposuction how many women have tattoos how many women have uh, navel rings because metals and uh, plastic and scars will affect the body posture and Mm. also the body fat loss when we're pushing the envelope I mean Posturology, I believe, strongly believe, that if you optimize a person right from the start, you're going to change the result of the structural balance right away mm, yep. because it would take you a year of training to mm. get that 5%. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And you get it right away. Francine, you've mentioned a couple of things in all of this posturology setup, and I guess those are toxicity and hormones. And so if we bring it back towards fat loss for yep. women and particularly for the lower body, obviously you've mentioned the liver and the adrenals and how effectively a body can detoxify. So why don't we start with toxicity and the link with lower body fat with women. Is it a case that mm, fat cells of the lower body store the toxins and that's why it's harder for women to strip fat from that area? Well, there's a lot of different reasons why you you would have that fat stored there for a a long time. I mean, uh, you know, you look at first and foremost the unhealthy diet and that's, you know, the, the liver is not going to be able to break down the de- detoxify the estrogenic derivatives, that's for sure. Yep. And you could have food intolerances, you know, or chemicals containing that food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also have, you know, insulin sensitivity, uh, you know, because you're eating too much carbs. Yep. And that's going ble- that's gonna to produce a big stress on the pancreas to overproduce that insulin. So it's, mm-hmm. um, th- when that happens, you know that it's going to convert in extra carbohydrates and that's going to convert uh, you know and, and to triglycerides and fat yes, so there's different 
things that you have to address. There's deficiencies also in, in certain nutrients and vitamins, you know, that if you're missing, uh, you know, B vitamins that are, is caused a lot of the times if uh, someone is a vegan or vegetarian and we see a lot of tendency with that with women or paleo diets to the extreme because you're taking out so many grains um, that actually the B1 is going down and that slows down the thyroid and that's not going to be efficient also for your adrenals which are the key factor for firing up if you want the beta receptors which actually makes you burn more fat right mm, yes. so you have to address that there's you know minerals like um, B vitamins the chromium missing magnesium zinc omega-3 essential fatty acids also that's going to create insulin sensitivity and that's okay. going to impact the production in the mitochondria right that's that's another thing that is responsible for fat burning yep. you want to also look at the missing protein like mm. I was mentioning the vegans and uh, the vegetarian are not going to have enough uh, lysine which converts basically to L-carnitine so it's um, it's essential. L-carnitine, as we know, we take it as a supplement that actually helps the fat burning process. Yes. So it's especially in red meat and vegetarians and vegans. For some women that have a tendency to go that route because they're afraid of eating meat, thinking that's going to make them gain weight, actually uh, no, not enough of those that the, the L-carnitine or carnitine-related uh, enzyme that's going to turn off the ability to, to burn base, basically body fat. Mm. So it's, it could, you know, it, there's also the, the age-related aspect you have to think about. That's, there's a lot of women growing older, not being, uh, you know, keeping active. Um, the hormonal fluctuation is going to have uh, an effect on that, and it's going to increase also the estrogen, the bad types of estrogen in, in, the, in the tissues, you know. So it's, um, there's a lot of the insulin sensitivity, the chronic stress going on, uh, liver congestion, because we're all not, nobody's safe yes. nobody's safe low thyroid because of the some reason that I, I've mentioned to you like the vitamins and the the chromium missing in the uh, in the nutrition uh, mm -hmm. too much paleo too much exercising because women are very desperate or oh, if I do too a lot of this a lot of leg work you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna be losing from there it, it there's so many aspects too much yeah. stress gotta engage also to a leaky gut okay. um, exhausted adrenals I mean all of these things that's gonna make it worse. Mm. Okay, so, so so Francine, I guess I guess your the point you're making there is there are, there's tons of factors to, to consider when you're talking about fat loss in general. You know the thyroid, the insulin sensitivity, the you know deficiencies in the food we eat, the digestive issues, the leaky gut, those types of things. I guess collectively they're all gonna make uh, fat loss hard. What's your take on specifically the lower body? You know your intake of the, the xenoestrogens. Uh, as we call them, the you know the plastics in the water bottles, you know the perfumes, the you know the parabens and the shampoos and those sorts of things. To what degree do you think overconsumption or overexposure to those types of things contribute to the the lower body fat of females? Well, a lot actually, because I don't know of. I mean, you could go on a, on the site and they would give you all the things that you can take and, and not have these issues. But you want to make sure that you know. You don't buy plastic if it smells like plastic, because some you know when you buy a, a food like let's say cheese, uh, it it smells like plastic. So you want to stay away from that. And my take on it is like the more women are gonna use those products, the more it's gonna create fat in these the areas. They're gonna be okay. sticking there. So I would strongly recommend for sure that you know you stay away from the not filtered water and. Uh, 
you know, uh, buying things that are going to be more organic for sure, which is yep. hard today, right? Yeah. 50 years ago, we were not using the word organic. Yes. And uh, we have to nowadays, and we're not even sure. So it's uh, it's always a battle of trying to support our system through that toxicity world. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not going to be. Some people don't have any trouble, uh, yeah. you know, getting rid of bad types of estrogens and so forth. Some we can survive with a small amount. Yeah. But yeah. if we can do whatever we can to help our body detoxify better, well, I'm all for it. Okay, so that's that's my take on it, definitely. Okay, Excellent. so you like to support the uh, well, that detoxification. Yeah, what, what are some of the, from a supplemental standpoint then, Francine, what are some of your go-tos to support detoxification? Well, for sure, I mean, there's there's one thing that we never talk about is, I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about that and I'm going to talk about supplements and I, I really want to emphasize uh, the posturology because recently on one... Uh, class I was on with Dr. Bricot, he was mentioning, and from experience as well, there was woman, one woman that could not lose from her hips, no matter what we did. Mm -hmm. And um, after what Dr. Bricot was saying is if you get a trauma, a, uh, a psychological trauma, uh, she was raped and she oh, would really? not lose from her lower body. And when we sent her to someone that was doing more like a esoteric approach, meaning energy alignment mm -hmm. and um, uh, body talk, yes. and you know all these things, NLP, neuro linguistic program uh, programming. Yes, mm -hmm. you want to undo that film in your head because your body will adapt in a posture, and that's what Dr. Bricot was bringing up. Is like you have to think about that. We're very strong on supplements. But I really strongly believe that you have to look at the inside, like the the story of the person, uh, yes. the emotional story, and the emotional support that the person is getting, and which environment is she is she living, and what she's been going through. We're not psychotherapists, you know, that's not it. But it's our role, I think, to be aware of it mm -hmm. and guide them. But to do a course and have Dr. Bricot, uh, which is a encyclopedia in, in himself, I mean. He brought up the body types mm. and with associated with uh, different um, trauma. And it does concord with, let's say, a woman has issues with her lower body. She could have, you know, been uh, traumatized by uh, a rape or something like that. And when that was taken care of, the, the woman, had, you know, she started to lose. That's amazing. Yeah. I guess the you know it's sort of you hear it thrown around from time to time, and that, that sort of ties in with the power of the mind. You know, in a in a positive headspace, and and yeah, psychological issues are resolved, the the body will respond. Uh, the interview we did with uh, Christian Tobito, he spoke about the number one influencing factor of a, a client's progress being the 100% belief uh, in their coach. In the coach. Mm -hmm. And once they believe you, and they'll actually their compliance is much better, their headspace is much better, and all of a sudden they they do actually start getting in the shape that they, they want to get into. But if they don't believe uh, and, and the mind's not uh, in the race, then, then the, the uh, changes that you're hoping to achieve for your client are very hard. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they're same thing again. I, I've uh, coached one woman, um, I believe it's uh, probably around your area, and uh, she would not lose in that area. And I told her, yes, I changed the parameters of her training and so forth and yep. recommended su supplementation. But one thing is for sure, if a woman is not active sexually, that will affect as well because you oh. don't produce enough androgens. 
Okay, oh, okay. so the, uh, the female clients should be. I can, I can write quite, that into their quite, programs. Quite frisky. Get as much as they can. <laughs> Done. Note sex every night. Yes. Morning and night. Twice a day training. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we have to factor that in the uh, the BMR for the day. That's uh, three workouts well, that's times that by ten percent. Yeah. Dot the I across the T. All right. Well, let's um. If you want to to tell me about um what I recommend to get back. I'm sorry I cut you out there. No, go, no, go on. <laughs> no, that's fine. No. I'm, I'm being the one that cutting through because you asked me about supplements. I'm yes. Just, yeah, so. yes. We know the, the basic ones that we hear all the time is uh, methane, you know, the yep. DIM uh, that is found in a lot of uh, cruciferous uh, vegetables. Yep. But, you know, there's so many that you can eat at one point. I mean, yes. you, you can't eat everything. Yeah. It's kind of like you need a supplement. The calcium deglutarate that is contained in, in veggies and in fruits, um, yep. that definitely is a plus. Uh, yep. Curcumin as well, uh, very big on that. Yuanbin in Mo in Montreal in Canada is not legal. The curcumin? Um, no, Yohimbi. Yohimbi, so yes. yeah. It's not legal it's here it's either. It's yes. In, yes. Rawdon gets his hands on it somehow. <laughs> yeah, Sorry? I, yeah, no, I've tried the, uh, love the Yohimbin, great results, but uh, just don't have too much of it. Yeah, and the thing is also, it, it does help potency while we're on the subject of sexuality it does it help does. Potency, yeah. a bit of a libido it, kick yeah it, it has erectile uh, functions so it, it does okay. help but at the same time if you get a client that has thyroid problems or blood pressure problems Ooh, yeah. it's it's you have to be careful with that yeah blood pressure is so it's a it's a definite like you want to be very careful yes. and the things that I like to use um, you know there's different ways to look at the detoxification yep, you, yep. you want to be like uh, you know work on different levels you work at anti-estrogen using citrus bioflavonoids and, and soy flavones you want to use also an approach with anti-aromatizes you know yep. using chrysine plus the citrus uh, bioflavonoids because that's how they work very well together the flaxseed which grounded because it's yep. more like in the hall the flax lignans and um, there's actually a stinging nettle that you can use as well so it's uh it's a natural aid for aromatize and obviously and, the, uh, the the zinc's great there too francine for the anti-aromatase as well yes very that's one of the most powerful antioxidants right yeah. the zinc mm. um, so it's uh and again it does have an effect on sexuality yes you know the nettle they have a, an aphrodisiac effect so it's um it's <laughs> definitely a plus it's an uh, aromatized enzyme it's like it, it actually binds to the aromatized enzyme and it neutralizes it yes. so that's another thing and you want to look at also the liver detoxifier so the amdel 3 carbonyl the milk thistle the dandelion roots yep. you have to be careful because it does it, it is you know laxative slightly as well it's uh, a great thing that I like to use also for uh, to, to lose excess body uh, body water. Yep, coming into a show. Yep. Crap. And um, Sam as well. You know, yep, Sam, Sam, right? You know, Zimitionin is actually it helps. It we know it more like to alleviate depression, but also it can be useful for liver liver detoxification. Yes. So you uh, you can have that for you know if someone has a lot of estrogen toxicity, uh, that definitely is a plus, and you can find that pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right. Mm. 
And I guess if you're going down that route as well, uh, excuse the pun, but um, the just your general uh, quality multivitamin with all the, the B vitamins and, and methyl donors for the uh, various pathways in the uh, phase uh, phase one uh, detoxification of the liver. So yeah, a quality multi will cover your bases as well. Totally. That's the first. If, if we look at base supplements, like your first five, like the fish oil, the, yep. the multivitamin, and the uh, magnesium, a good source of magnesium, alternate the types of magnesium, look at the sleep patterns, are they doing oxidative stress yep. uh, or not, when are they waking up, uh, the zinc is, is huge, uh, a lot of green tea I like to use as well, and yep. uh, that's one of the things, like a few things that we can think about. Uh, yeah. That uh, I like to use, but uh, and I awesome. like to use an alternating fish oil or omega three. Like I, I will go with krill and I will go with fish oil. Like I will always mm -hmm. alternate uh, every two weeks to prevent like the adaptation of the enzymatic uh, system. Okay, okay. every two weeks. White lab coat on there for yeah. us, friends. I like that. Okay, cool. So we've got the the supplements covered. We, we we like all those base supplements, and we've got some specific ones there. We know that there could be underlying psychological issues now in regards to fat loss, particularly in the lower body. What about um, if we got into the training side of things? Probably um, your spin on uh, resistance training. Do you like uh, increasing blood flow to the lower body? So prioritizing lower body if that's what we're trying to target. And I guess you're. On top of that, Francine, any cardiovascular recommendations? Uh, do you like hit intervals or type uh, cardio, or do you like steady state for the lower body, or any? Uh, well, actually, it it, vary, it varies a lot, like yeah. uh, because of the morph, you know, the uh, uh, the morphotype yep. of the person. We start by addressing more like the program, the resistance uh, training program aspect. Yep. Um, if someone comes to me and they're you know they're starting out uh, I'm gonna probably put them on a uh, slower tempo approach working them you know with the 12 and 15 15 and 20 rep scheme and uh, more like a GBC approach yep. uh, German yep. body composition and that could change that could be used at different uh, levels of intensity but if you have someone that is starting out you could very well do a general program uh, based on two days using that rep scheme of 1215 slower tempo like 303 so the neurological you know uh, system is you have time to do the right motor pattern yes and uh, also it, it educates them to break down the you know the fear of dropping the weight or pushing through the pain it, it educates them yep. but as far as if we're going uh, you know in a periodized fashion Yes, I would start with a 12-15 rep scheme and then I would, uh, a GBC 12-15 rep scheme, then I would drop gradually from to 6 to 8 and then I would I could go into 6-12-25 uh, yep. and I could use a Pekulski approach as well. Um, I, like, I like to really periodize according to the body type I have because in physique, you have to think about the harmony of physique, the, uh, the harmony and the symmetry. Yes. yes, of the body. So that is huge. Yeah, aesthetics. That is what I, I like to work a lot is is that aspect. So it does. That's probably what I, I'm I'm so focused on. You know, balancing the the shoulders with the hips and the legs. And it does. You don't have a choice. Okay. You have to look at that aspect. The legs are crucial. I mean, you get three quarters of your point when you're you're back to the judges. You know, you have their 
they have their uh, their back to the judges. That's where they get 75% of the points, mm. yes. you know, if not a little less. So my philosophy on weight training for women is like, there's no difference. Yeah. I mean, especially, well, there's no difference in the weight that they're they're doing. I mean, it's, it's only the weight on the bar. Yeah. And... The other thing as well, you have to respect if a woman is in there in uh, having her menses, she could feel a less a bit less co coordinated, right? So you have to respect. That's the hard thing with women; they do have that PMS time, they do, don't and they? it does affect their performance. Yes. So you just have to Easy adjust. Time. You know, listening to how they feel. If they they're gonna feel if they're starting out or about two days prior to, um, maybe you you you're not gonna do uh, Olympic lifting. Because they lose yeah. coordination, right? So it's uh, it's absolutely normal to 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 respect that. Yeah. So you want to tailor make it for them okay. as much as you can. So that doesn't mean to do the whole periodization again, because yes. the cycle is going to change. Change. And Francine, right? will, will you uh, manipulate their nutrition around this cycle as well, or feed them more carbohydrates leading into that phase? Yes, actually, I could. You know, augment definitely because they'll be a bit more hungry. Uh, a lot of times in the PMS and I'm gonna use a lot of glutamine that's another thing um, because it does help the uh, the stability the insulinic uh, stability so use that. and yep. usually though it's funny enough they it's not too too bad you know it's yep. but that's one thing that I have uh, a lot of the times I will tell them like take glutamine underneath the tongue and, and it's gonna help stabilize those sugar Pangs, okay. you know that that uh, that her pangs, or I will increase slightly their food, yeah. but uh, not excessively, you know, and strategically. I will place it more towards the end of the day so instead of early on in the day, okay. you know, so that because the cortisol is lower, you're you're more insulin sensitive. So yeah. that's one thing that I would do. Excellent. Yes. So Francine, once we've gone through all these steps and everything is in place, the psychology is looking good, we're working on detoxification, nutrition's nice and tight, training's going well. Yep. What can we look at in terms of additional therapies to maybe, uh, you know, put the icing on the cake, so to speak? cherry on top, Tom. You know, like the infrared sauna or, or things of this nature. Yes, one thing I, I like to use definitely is infrared sauna. I have uh, one of my, my pros that actually uses that uh, a lot. I like it. It's it's uh, we see results with it. Twenty minutes, you know, uh, in there and taking a shower and alternating between the two, feeding yourself with vitamin C all through the process. I like that. I use that a lot. One thing that I like to use as well is fascia therapy. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have heard about stretch to win. Probably. Yes. Yes. That's something yeah. that's Andre Benoit is very big on. Yes, I love this. I I've been certified for maybe three four years. I love to use this because if you if you look at the fat that is just stored and not moving, it doesn't have a healthy blood flow. Oh, it's yeah. cold. Yes. It's exactly. It's and it's slowly metabolized uh, fat tissue because it's it's stuck and it has fewer blood vessels mm. than normal fat tissue, right? Yeah. It's stubborn, really stuck there for a long time. I think because it has less blood vessels, I like to use the fascia therapy because that will help. To create new blood vessels. Do you want to just describe the fascia therapy, Francine? What, what's actually happening when you're doing that? Well, basically, you just bring the person to a state. Also, you can bring the person in a state of para, uh, to the parasympathetic mode. Okay, that's one thing. That so therefore we know it's going to lower cortisol. 
yep. right? I like to, to use that because it will affect as we do the rocking motion and the wave combined with the breathing and we stretch, we apply kind of a PNF very softly, it will increase the uh, flexibility and you use a very gentle PNF that increases also your tonicity of again, not your muscle, just only your muscle, but also all your visceras, okay. right? I had women lie down on my table and everything goes through fascia. You have different layers and everything. And she was in pain of PMS. She was bloated when she got up, nothing. No, really? Nothing. She was, and we measured her and she had lost an inch. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a business so model it, in itself. Yep. It, it's, it's crazy. So it's, it acts like a lymphatic drainage. Okay, I see. You know, so for, and, and when we talk about that aesthetic approach, but also that uh, parasympathetic, bringing you down to a calm state. Yep. If I take someone, for instance, that you have a woman on antidepressors, and I have a woman like that actually that was abused very early on in her, in her life. I mean, she was abused from age six or eight and she was sold in prostitution by her uncle. Mm, you can yes. imagine what type of woman I, I'm getting. She's trembling still and she was an addict and so forth. Yeah. It does increase detoxification and it does increase uh, the calmness. And that's the first time that I saw her calm down at the end of the session when I, I did that. I did other therapies like ART, uh, Trigenics to take the pain away, but nothing would do it. Fascia therapy did it because it's gentle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Perfect. the other thing, Fascia she was therapy. always seeing what I was doing and I was mm. telling her, rats. So that is a huge component, I believe, the fascia therapy. I, I've seen a lot of results. And for a person that is borderline or been traumatized, I think it's very gentle. And what they say to me when they got off the table is like, thank you, Francine. You, I feel like I'm back in my body. You know, so okay. awesome. in that aspect, it, you can actually do it in a faster pace and you'll wake up the sympathetic, you'll bring them in the sympathetic mode, you know, if they're gonna about to go play a game or, or, or train, you could do yep. a fascist stretch therapy with a higher tempo, right? Yep. Um, but if you wanna bring them in a parasympathetic mode, it's great for lymphatic drainage, increased flexibility, elimination of pains, and augmentation of the libido, we want it to have more oh. sex. Well, there yes. you have it. <laughs> right? so, I think okay. it's all proactive point that you can bring and someone that is very, a lot of fat in their legs, that is going to help. That's going to help okay. the process with the supplementation and the yep. food and yeah, the exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You referred uh, to parasympathetic, uh, that, that relaxed uh, state quite a bit in this yes. uh, interview. Do you, do you feel that, that that in itself, being able to, to switch off your fight and flight mode, which most people exist in, as you know, and, and actually relax properly and uh, switch into the parasympathetic. Do you think that plays a significant role in fat loss just in general? Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think uh, everybody should do this at least once or twice a week. Mm. And uh, it's like basically yoga It does the same. Yeah. Well, I think it does more because you do have that traction all the way through. You know, okay. all through, the, through the session, you do have a decoaptation of the uh, articulation that helps reestablish the flexibility combined with PNF. You just don't pull and that's it. I, I like to apply to PNF, but it does reduce the cortisol. Okay. Bit of a, so basically, uh, from the interview today, lots of sex and uh, yes. yoga a couple of times a week, I think we took out of that. So Sounds pretty good. You heard it here on the podcast, Under the Bar. <laughs> that's <laughs> 
<laughs> so what's coming up for you, Francine? Have you got any more webinars on the go or, or how do people get in contact with you? Actually, I do have something, you know, uh, planned. Like I'm, I'm doing a conference here in Montreal about it's that, uh, you know, management of uh, weight in females. So I'm going to talk a lot about what I've, I've talked to you about wow. and um, what's also ahead for me, of course, you know, keeping up my certification, but uh, also starting my own center. Um, uh, nice. So it's it's a very big big thing. So I, I'm presenting okay. a lot this year. Uh, writing actually, I'm I'm gonna write a blog for Charles actually yes, on uh, you know the uh, female cycle and uh, that's gonna be addressed in the next week. I'm keeping on learning yes, and applying. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. You know, ART, uh, fascia stretch therapy. I'm doing my medical track actually down in Phoenix in May. And um, you know, just doing conferences and uh, keeping uh, keeping up with the, everything that's coming out. Well, there's a lot happening, Francine. And if you're and opening up your own facility as well, you'll be busy. And cortisol levels could be high. So cortisol, make sure yeah. make sure you don't neglect your sex life. Yes. I knew you're gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well. <laughs> yeah, I knew you're gonna say. Um, We're only human. Yes. And why but, wouldn't you? Yes. It's a somewhat Sorry? enjoyable pastime. If I have pastimes? No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's a, a decent way to spend some time. That's yeah. all. Oh, <laughs> I was off yes, on a tangent. Yes. That libido it, thing and got me all hot and bothered. I had to just undo my top button for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I, I just want to add something. Because yeah. I wanted, you asked me about a supplement that I love to use. Yeah. I love to use that supplement. Like, I would strongly encourage you to look into it. It's called Cytogreen. And Cytogreen is amazing. I don't know if you can get it down under, but it has a lot of the things that I mentioned to you of what I'm using. Is, know, that, like, is that like a name brand or is it the actual... It's a brand. It's, okay. a brand. it's called Cytogreen from Nova Farm. And okay. it's available here, but it is an amazing, amazing product. And I mean, for someone that has issues, let's say with their legs or, or you know, stubborn fat, uh, no matter where, I mean, I love to use that. They recommend one to two scoops a day, but someone that has excessive body fat, especially in the area of the legs, I mean, that product is going to help you, you know, with uh, the liver is going to help you enrich okay. your blood, is going to help you with uh, the ATP and glycogen and muscle. So, I mean, it's it's just amazing product. It has a lot of flax lignans, it has spirulina, it has, you know, ginkson, it has like... Uh, citrus bioflavonoids. Okay. It's an amazing what, product. What and doesn't it have in it, Francine? Six scoops a day. Six, six scoops a day. All right. Six scoops. Cyto green. Six scoops a day. All right. Well, so we've Rodan, got now. Rodan, that means you need to have about twelve then. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I always double or triple yeah. the recommended doses. <laughs> so we've got sex twice a day. Cyto greens now and a bit of yoga, and we're yeah. good to go. Lean um, legs. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Francine. So, thanks, Francine. We'll talk again soon. Oh, are we done already? Yeah, we're done. time flies. Okay. Well, uh-huh. I, I hope I can help you more when it's uh, another day. I yeah. hope oh, I, yeah. did, uh, I did help, I hope. Yeah, no, no, you did. It was an awesome interview. We'll, uh, we'll get you on again soon. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fantastic. Great. Thank you for your, uh, for your uh, opportunity. No problem. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Francine. Bye-bye. See Thank you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Once again, another episode of Under the Bar. That was big. Comes to a conclusion. It was. It was heavy. It was heavy. Very heavy on that one. <laughs> what about... It had a nice flow, though, that, that show. I think it flowed <laughs> nicely. 
<laughs> Mate, you are dreadful. Yes. Uh, Francine Savard, what a lovely lady. A little bit hot under the collar there you got, mate, I've got to say. Mate, she, uh, I had to she keep, got a bit... Yeah. Keep my notes over my over my lap. <laughs> yeah, lovely, lovely. And, and, and great of uh, lots of great content and uh, tips there. Uh, that our listener can easily apply and um, well worth listening to. If you're a training individual, which no doubt you are, if you listen to Under the Bar, then yep. think about a couple of uh, two to five grams of electrolytes yes. to uh, enhance your workout, whether it be it uh, hypertrophy or and just for general health. Yeah, certainly for general health, endurance in particular, but uh, any of those voluminous type workouts, essential. Uh, electrolytes, yeah, got to get some of those. And it's good to know about what's going on with your female clients. If you are a coach, it's good to understand where they are in their cycle, particularly from that assessment perspective. Yeah. And to explain what, what might be going on with their performance at different times of the training. But uh, essentially, if they're eating well and they're training hard, most things should sort of fall into place. Most things should fall into place, but if they are training hard, working well, then you can, by all means, look at working around estrogen, progesterone, and tailoring that uh, 28 days according to their cycle. You can play around with that. Boom.